appreciate it. So thank the Lord. It's so good to be here this morning. So I'm praying that uh, very soon Annie is going to be claiming me as her cousin. So I thought she was. I just found out today, along with you, that sometimes she doesn't. And so I was a little shocked by it, but that's okay. The Lord's working on all of us. He's, he's helping us. He's really helping us. So <clears throat> I wanted to say while we were worshiping, I hadn't heard some of those songs in a long time. And as you were singing them, it's like I was hearing them for the first time. And I said, Lord, how does that happen? How does that happen that they, the, the uh, Winner's Church, and when I say Winner's Church, it's the people that are here. How does it happen when they sing that song? It sounds like I've never heard that song before. Uh, what happens, or how do they do that? And the Lord says, that comes from a, a, a people that are stretching out their faith that are constantly reaching out, that are constantly not, not satisfied with the way that things used to be, uh, but are moving, looking forward, stretching their hand forward. And so uh, when my people do that, then there's a different sound to the songs that they sing. They can be singing a, a song that you've heard a thousand times, but it sounds completely different because there's something different stirring in their heart. And so, uh, so I wanted to share that with you because I, I think that's one of the greatest gifts that Winners Church has. Uh, it's, a, it's a church body that is constantly stretching, that is constantly reaching for what God has for them. So, so I want to encourage you. That was awesome. I enjoyed that time of worship. It really, really, really was awesome. Yep, willy, willy. It really, really was awesome. <clears throat> I looked at my wife because I knew she was going to say, willy, willy. Yeah. I, and you should be the first one to do that. So I want to ask her to come up and uh, to greet you. I'm so happy to have her here with me. So. <laughs> uh, it's so great to be here. Your hospitality is always amazing to us. And we love you. You're our family here in Oklahoma, for sure. I claim you. <laughs> um. Reuben said he was going to have me say a few words, and that doesn't happen very often because my few are many, so <laughs> it's like I'm a talker. But I'll just share some of the things that God's been putting in my heart um, and challenging me in personally. Um, I heard that um, there was a, a custom with the Jewish people that they would take a, a block of wood, and they would carve Jerusalem or the temple in that block of wood, and then they would put it in ashes or coals, and they would put the impression of it on their palm or on their hand, and then they would have somebody tattoo over it, right? And that, that way, Jerusalem was always before them. Their faith was always before them. They always remembered who they were. And it was always before them. And when I heard that, it was called, uh, it was a custom called ensigns, 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 not enzymes. I got that one wrong. But, um, and it just reminded me that in Isaiah 49, God says um, in verse 15, um, can a mother forget the baby at her breast? And have no compassion for the child as, it has bore, as she has bore. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. God will not forget us. See, I have you engraved on the palm of my hand. And your walls are always before me. 
God has us engraved on the palm of his hand. We are always before him. He never forgets. He is always reminded of us. He's always reminded of us, always reminded of us. So sometimes we feel like, God, where are you? And we do things sometimes to get God's attention. Like, hey, I'm still here. But God says, I, you're always before me. Your walls are always before me. They're always before me. I have not forgotten you. And um, I've just been really challenged. If I ask you, and, and I was talking to a couple people yesterday, if I ask you, do you trust God with your eternity? What would you say? Most of you would go, yes, absolutely. But if I ask you, do you trust him with your now? That's a harder question. Because, you know, we want to take things into our own hands because we think God's forgotten. He's forgotten his promises to us because we don't maybe see it at that moment. But he has not forgotten. He's, we are always before him. So we can trust him with our now. We, we take a big step and we say, yes, we trust God with our eternity. It's harder when you're in the middle of a problem to trust him with your now. And so God has just been really challenging me to trust him with my now. Because like, eternity's settled, right? I got that. So, so, you know, I've been without a job for six months, just taking some time healing and letting my brain heal from the job that I had and stuff. And I'm like, okay, God, where am I going to work? Where am I going to work? Where, where, you know, but I have to just go, okay, I trust you with my now, you know, I I'm before you. I don't have to remind you of what I need or what I want or your promises to me. I'm before you. You have me on the palm of your hands. I'm, I'm always before you. So that's kind of where I'm being challenged is just to trust him in the now in this moment, Amen. trusting him and walking out my faith that way. So. Amen. 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 Yeah. I, uh, I want to read just before where Pastor Annie read Proverbs chapter 3, a verse that we all know. It says, trust in the Lord. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him, and he will make your path straight. And so the, uh, I, as I was getting ready, we were getting ready to come here Tuesday. Uh, I got ready, and uh, <clears throat> I wanted to mow our yard before we left so that the grass wouldn't get real tall while we were gone. So when we come back, it'd be, it wouldn't be too manageable. So, so I was, uh, I, and I hate to mow the yard. I just hate it. <laughs> I don't know why I hate it. I'd rather be in, you know, I think I'd rather be in folding clothes watching TV than mowing the yard. I just, I just hate to mow the yard. I just hate it. So, so God speaks to me when I'm mowing the yard because I'd rather think about anything else in the world than mowing the yard. And so, so I was mowing the yard and I was trying to get done because I had a hair appointment, uh, an appointment to get my hair cut and stuff. And I'm mowing about halfway through uh, one of the wheels, one of my front wheels comes off of my lawnmower. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? So I thought you wouldn't believe me, so I brought it here with me. <laughs> I asked somebody for a glove last night, but they didn't get me one. So anyways, I've got to touch this. And so. so here's the wheel. And it uh, fell off, and I looked at it, and I thought, well, can I put that back on there? And I'm not very handy, you know? So I, I saw the hole where it came from, and, and it looked like 
It looked like, it looked weird to me because Andrew was like, well, that can go back on. Yeah, you just put a screw on there and, you know, no big deal. And I said, no, it doesn't seem that way because it doesn't seem like, I, I, I was kind of confused. I was like, what am I going to do now? Here, I can put that back in there. I wish I had a glove. That, anyways, I, <laughs> I asked somebody for a glove. Eric, where's Eric? He left. So anyways, so, uh, so I was like, what am I going to do now? And so I'm thinking, I got to finish, you know, I got to finish the yard and stuff. So I looked at it, and I kind of, I took the lawnmower, and I kind of leaned it back a little bit, and I started mowing with just three wheels. And I thought, you know what? This isn't bad. That's pretty good. I can do that. And so I'm mowing, 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 and, uh, you know, uh, th that works really well uh, as long as the ground that you're mowing on is, is straight. And it's smooth. Uh, once, you start, once you start getting on some bumpy ground, uh, trying to mow with just three wheels, uh, then you see... So uh, sorry, no, you're good. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was able to mow the yard with just three wheels until I got into some bumpy ground. And that's when that front of that started moving up and down. And so in my yard, you can see marks where vroom, they went really low. And it kind of shaved and stuff, uh, the grass. And while I was doing that, the Lord said to me, that's kind of like you. He says, because you, you act like that, you know, that you're not leaning on your own understanding. And it looks like you're leaning on me. He says, but actually, you still got control there. You're still trying to do things yourself. And he said to me, you got to stop that. He, and he said to me, he said, because as long as the path is straight, as long as there's no bumps, it's okay. But how many of us know that our lives aren't like that? That our lives are filled with ups and downs and bumps and stuff like that. And so the Lord said to me, here's the thing. He says, listen, if you're not going to give me control, he says, it's going to be a mess. You have to give me control. He says, and you can't just say that you're giving me control. You actually have to give me control. You have to actually not lean on your own understanding. I love at the end there, it says, in all your ways know him, and he will make your path straight. That's what the Lord wants to do for us. We sang a song a little bit ago, and it was talking about the glory of the Lord. And uh, one of my desires is for the Lord to fill me with his glory. And so he began to speak to me about how that happens. He began to um, take me to some scripture I was reading in the book of Exodus, uh, began to read some stuff about Moses. And so I want to share that with you today, uh, because in that, I, I think the Lord has got something for, for all of us this morning. Um, Moses is one of the greatest uh, heroes of the faith for the Jewish people. Um, I want to read, I'm going to read different portions of Exodus, but I'm going to read, I'm going to start out reading Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 and then 12 through 15 because I want us to see something about Moses because he's one of the greatest heroes of the Hebrew faith. And, and so in his story, the Lord is saying something to us. If we want to be filled with his glory, the Lord said, there's a way that that happens. There's a way that God established that in our lives. And so he began to show me that in, in the life of Moses. So I'm going to start reading in Exodus, Exodus uh, 33, verses 1 through 3. It says this. The Lord said to Moses, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your offspring, I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, 
the, the Perizzites, the Hebites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. So the Lord's talking to Moses, and he's saying to him, listen, get up and go to that place that I promised you. The place, the place that I promised uh, 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 Jacob and Isaac, um, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, get up and go to that place. But he says to them, he says, but I'm not going to go with you. And it says stiff neck, but for me, I like to read it like this. Um, I will not go up among you lest I consume you on the way, for you are a redneck people. That's what I like to <laughs> When I say redneck people, I understand that more. Here's what the Lord's saying. Listen, I'm, you go ahead. I prepared the way, but I'm not going to go with you because you're all a bunch of rednecks. You get mad. You grumble. You start doing all these things. And here's the thing. If I go with you, my concern, the Lord is saying to uh, Moses, my concern is that you'll all be gone because I can't put up with that. I'm not going to put up with that. And so uh, God's talking to Moses, and, and I want to go down now to verse 12, because uh, this is an awesome conversation. Moses is having a conversation with the creator of the universe. Moses is having a, a, a conversation with Almighty God, and, and so I, I want us to understand uh, their relationship. It says this in verse 12. It says, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up these people. But you not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found favor in my sight. Moses said, you've said these things to me. He said, now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And in verse 14, the Lord says, and he said, my presence will go with you. Because the Lord had told them, Listen, you go ahead. I'm not going to go with you. And Moses says this to him. The Lord says, I'll go with you. And then Moses says to him this. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up out from here. I want us to understand this conversation. It's an awesome conversation. God had just told them, listen, I'm gonna, you go ahead. I prepared a way. I'm not going to go with you. You take the people. And we read here in verse 12, you know, uh, you know, Moses said, listen, you sent me, but you never said who you were going to send with me. And the Lord says, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'm going to go with you. What God was saying, listen, it doesn't, it, you've been waiting, Moses, for me to tell you who's going to go with you. Here's what the Lord is saying. All you need is me. All you need is me. If I go with you, then that's all you need. That's all you need. And I love what Moses says to him, because Moses says this to him. Listen, he says, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. I won't go if you don't go with me. Uh, I'm imagining this conversation between this man and between God. The boldness with which Moses speaks to God. And then he continues. Moses continues on with that, because Moses says this. Uh, let me read it. Uh, and he said, uh, for how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, and I and your people from every other people on the face of the earth? So Moses is saying to God, listen, the only, the only thing that separates us from every other people on this earth is your presence. That's it. That's the only thing that separates us. So I love this conversation that Moses is having with, because that, that's a bold conversation. To have with God. 
That's a, uh, but, but I want to go back now because I want to talk a little bit about Moses uh, when he started because it, he didn't start out this way. And we know that. We, we read the things about Moses. He didn't start out with this kind of boldness. And so, so I want to talk a little about what changed Moses. What was it that, that got him, and we're going to read in a second, that took him to that place, uh, place where we first saw him, to this place where he tells God, listen, if you don't go with us, we won't. I don't want to go. If your president doesn't go with us, I don't want to go. Because that's an awesome place to be able to uh, uh, communicate with God. And that, man, that, that, that takes a, a, a lot of confidence to speak to God that way. It really does. But when we read about Moses when he first started, he didn't have that same confidence. So the Lord began to say to me, listen, I want you to understand there's something that, there's something that you can do uh, to grow with me to that place uh, that, that Moses grew with me. He says it doesn't happen by accident. Uh, there, there's a way that that happens. And so, so I, I want to read a little bit here, and I'm going to start out um, a little bit earlier in Moses' life. Um, Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, uh, I want to read these. And I brought, I brought this. We were on the way here, and we stopped, and uh, we, we bought some of these. And uh, hopefully my girls aren't watching because this is one of their Christmas gifts. So it's a walking stick. We bought five of them. We didn't realize they weren't going to fit in the trunk. So they've, they've been in our back seat diagonally. There's such a pain. <laughs> Every time we open the door, they're falling out, all five of them. Anyways, so, uh, so I wanted to bring this because uh, I wanted to use this uh, for, for what I'm going to talk about. And uh, uh, so here, we're going to read out of Exodus chapter 4. But, but if we go even a little bit earlier, Exodus chapter 2, it talks about how Moses had uh, he, he'd seen um, one of the Egyptian uh, taskmasters, uh, uh, oh, no, no, he, he saw uh, uh, two of the men fighting, two of the slaves fighting, and, uh, um, and, and so, no, I got to go back, I was right the first time. Anyways, he sees a taskmaster uh, going, and uh, there's two people fighting, and the taskmaster goes, and he takes one of them, and uh, he starts beating him. Moses sees that. And Moses' anger rises up on the inside of him, and so he goes, and he hits the taskmaster, and he ends up killing him. He ends up killing him. And so the next day, there are two of the Hebrew people, and then they're fighting, and, and Moses is like going to the one saying, listen, why are you acting like that? And he says, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Go ahead, and so Moses, Moses was afraid when he heard that. And so the Bible says that Moses fled. He fled. He fled into the desert. So, so here in Exodus 4, we have a, uh, I want us to look at something else that Moses, a couple of things. Exodus 4, uh, starting in verse 1, it says this. Then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. So, so God's, real, God's already talked to Moses and said, listen, I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to tell him, let my people go. And so here's Moses. He's saying, listen, they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to me. And so uh, let's go ahead. Verse 2 says, the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. So this is the staff right here. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. So, Mo so God says, take that staff, throw it on the ground. And when he did, it became a serpent. 
And Moses is there looking at it. And I want you to see, I want you to see Moses' reaction. You can see it on there. So he threw it on the ground and became a servant. And the Bible says, and Moses ran from it. <laughs> this great man of God, this, 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 this man full of confidence, he saw the staff turn into a snake. And when it turned to a snake, the, the, the staff turned into a snake. The snake went that way and Moses ran this way. Now, Michael said earlier, if that, if that was Twilight, she would have run too that way. <laughs> and so here's Moses. He's supposed to go and tell Pharaoh, the most powerful person on the earth, to, to let God's people go. And God's trying to demonstrate to him, this is what I want you to do. The, 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 the staff turned into a serpent. That was a, a miraculous sign that God was going to give Pharaoh so that he would listen to Moses. And so when Moses does that, and Moses, instead of looking that, he runs the other way. This great man of faith, this great man full of confidence, this great man, something happened to Moses. From this person who was used to running, who was used to when things got tough, he took off. He took off running. Something happened to him from that time to what we read in verse 13. So let's keep reading about this. It says, so he threw it on the ground and became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. Man, <laughs> I'm afraid of snakes too, so I'm kind of with Moses. I would have stayed away from that. And then the Lord says, go ahead and, go ahead and grab it by the tail. <laughs> I'm looking about this. I'm thinking about this scene. That would not be me. I'm serious. If Andrew was there with me, I'd say, honey, can you, can you grab that? And after she grabbed it, then I'd go ahead and grab it. Okay. So Moses grabs it, though, right? Put out your hand and catch it. By the... So he put out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And it says Moses put his hand in his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was destroyed like the rest of his flesh. If they would not believe you, God said, or listen to you the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. So God had given him signs to go and, and, and to tell um, Pharaoh to let his people go. Uh, if we go a little bit further uh, into Exodus says this in Exodus 6, 28 and 30, the last two verses of that chapter. It says, now when the Lord spoke to Moses in Egypt, he said to him, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. But Moses said to the Lord, since I speak with faltering lips, why would Pharaoh listen to me? And so you got Moses, and we've seen a couple, when things get tough, Moses takes off. Moses starts running. And so God continues. The, he shows them signs and wonders. And Moses, but he just continues on. And Moses says this, why would Pharaoh listen to me? I, I can't speak clear. I can't, you know, when I speak, I stumble over my words and stuff. Why would Pharaoh? I, I think it's interesting that Moses is having a conversation with the God of the universe. But yet he's afraid to go to Pharaoh and say what he needs to say to Pharaoh. That's how we are sometimes. We have a relationship with God. He loves us. We're close to him. We listen to him. He speaks to us. But we're afraid to go tell our boss the things that we need to tell him. We're afraid to go tell our friends the things that we need to go tell him. 
not understanding that our relationship with God is the most important thing in our life. And if God tells us to do something, we don't have to be afraid to go and say those things. We can say those things with confidence, but that wasn't Moses. And so Exodus 7, so uh, 6, 28, and 30, that's the last, and then we start with 7. It says, then the Lord says to Moses, he makes this incredible statement to Moses. He says to Moses this, he says, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. Pharaoh was the most important, was the, was the most powerful person on the earth. There wasn't anybody on the earth at that time that was more powerful than Pharaoh. And God says to Moses, I'm going to make you like God to Pharaoh and your brother like a prophet. Listen, we don't understand the high places that God wants to take us. We don't get it. We don't understand that. Well, we see ourselves right here, but the Lord says, this is where you're at. This is where I've ha- I have you. This is where I've placed you. But we don't see that. We don't understand that. And that's what God wanted to do with Moses. God said, I'm, you're going to be like a God to Moses. People see him as God, and you're going to be like, I mean, you're going to be a God like God to Pharaoh. That's, what, that's the places where God wants to take us, places of authority. Uh, places where well, we're, we're not beneath, but we're above. Oh, yeah. That we're above. And, and, and so, um, you know, when I read those things, I think about Moses. And, and I begin to think, Lord, what, what was it? What was it that transformed Moses uh, to this person that would run in the face of danger? That this person had no confidence to speak to Pharaoh. What, what changed in him uh, that he was able to uh, say to you, listen, if you don't go with us, if your present doesn't go with us, then we won't go. Then I won't go because, listen, it's your presence that makes us distinct from every other people. You say that we're your people, but if we go without your presence, how's that true? And so how does, how does this Moses here that, that, that is afraid, that is full of fear, how does he go uh, to this Moses that talks to God with that, that kind of confidence? And so the Lord began to speak to me. And so well, when you read all through Exodus, Exodus is about the Lord giving Moses instruction on how to build the temple. You read it all through Exodus, the Lord begins to speak to Moses. This is, how it, this is how it should be made. It should be made this long. It should be made out of this material. It should be made, there should be this many rooms. Uh, uh, Aaron, when Aaron comes in, this is what Aaron's, uh, these are what his clothes should look like. Uh, you read through Exodus, and it's hard to read through it because a lot of dull details that you have to read. And so you go through Exodus, and that first part of it, he's telling Moses what to do. That second part of it, Moses begins to do that. Moses begins to do everything that God had commanded him to do. Moses began to do that. And so I want to read Exodus chapter 40. It's the very last chapter. And the Lord began to speak to me. I want you to see what happened to Moses, what transformed his life. He said, I want you to see that. And so I'm going to read out of Exodus chapter 40. I'm going to read. It's quite a few. It's, kind of, it's a couple pages. You'll be okay. It's a couple pages. You'll be fine. Don't get nervous. And so, but this was the Lord's instruction to Moses. Okay? The Lord said, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, you shall erect the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. And, and so, so this is after Moses had built the temple, the tabernacle, uh, 
got all the clothes for the priest, did everything that he needed to do. Moses had made all the arrangements. Moses had followed the word of God. Moses had done everything exactly how God wanted him to do. And so then on Exodus chapter 40, the Lord gives him this instruction. He says, and you shall put in it, um, on the first day of the first month, you shall erect the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. And you shall put it in it, the ark of the testimony, and you shall screen the ark with the veil. And you shall bring in the table and arrange it, and you shall bring in the lampstand and set up its lamps. And you shall put the golden altar, for instance, before the ark of the testimony and set up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. You shall set the altar of burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and place the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. And you shall set up the court all around and hang up the, hang up the screen for the gate of the court. You shall, you shall, you shall. We read it over and over again. Verse 9, then you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and consecrate it and all its furniture so that it may become holy. You shall also anoint the altar of burnt offering and all of its utensils and consecrate the altar so that the altar may become the most holy. You shall also anoint the basin and its stand and consecrate it. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and you shall wash them with the water, and put on Aaron the holy garments, and you shall anoint him and consecrate him, that he may serve me as priest. You shall bring his sons also, and put coats on them, and anoint them as you anointed their father, that they may serve me as priests, and their anointing shall admit them to a perpetual priesthood throughout their generations. This Moses did. According to all that the Lord commanded him, so he did. In the first month, in the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid its bases and set up its frames and put in its poles and raised up its pillars. And he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it into the ark and put the poles on the ark and set the mercy seat above on the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle and set up the veil of the screen and screened the ark of the testimony as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the veil and arranged the bread on that before, before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle and set up the lamps before the Lord as the Lord had commanded Moses. He put the golden altar in the tent of meeting before the veil and burned fragrant incense on it as the Lord had commanded Moses. It says he put in the place the screen for the door of the tabernacle and he sent the altar of burnt offering at the entrance of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered it on it the burnt offering and the grain offering as the Lord had commanded Moses. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water on it for washing which with which Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet. And when they went into the tent of meeting, and when they approached the altar, they washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he erected the court around the tabernacle and the altar and set up the screen of the gate of the court. So Moses finished the work. Everything that God had commanded Moses, he did it. The Lord spoke to Moses. He wrote down the instruction. And then he carried out God's instruction exactly as God had commanded Moses. Exactly how he commanded him. And then we read here in verse 34. It says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the tent. Oh, yeah. 
the Lord began to say to me, what was it that changed Moses that made him from this person that would run and that would flee from danger into this person uh, that, that, that talked with God and, and, and demanded things of God? If you don't go, then I don't want to go. What was it that changed them? The Lord began to speak to me. This is what changed them. Moses, he heard the word of God. He wrote it down. And then he began to do everything that God had commanded him to do. And as they were doing it, if somebody did something, if, if they didn't do it the way the Lord had commanded him, then Moses said, throw that away. It's not how God said we should do it. There's a way that God says that we should do things, and we have to do it that way. And so Moses was careful. Every word that God spoke to him, every, everything that he commanded him, Moses did exactly as God had commanded him. The Lord said to me, that's what you have to do with your life. He said, that's what you have to do with your life. He said, I'm calling for you, from you strict obedience to my word. He says, Moses looked after that. And, and every day he would look after how God had told him to do that. We have to do that with our lives. We've got to do that with our lives. We, we, if there's anything in our lives that doesn't match up with the word of God, we've got to say, no, we can't have that. That's got to go. There are things that God has said to you that he's spoken to you. If there's anything in your life that doesn't line up with what he said to you, that has to go. That can't continue in your life. Listen, the only way that the, presence, the glory of God was able to fill that tabernacle is because Moses was strictly obedient to what God had commanded him to do. He did everything that God had commanded him to do. And that's when... The glory of God filled the temple. We want to see God's glory manifested in our lives. We have, we have to look over his word. And everything in our life that doesn't match up what it says in his word, we got to get rid of that. Every relationship that doesn't match up with what God says in his word, we have to get rid of that. Every business venture that doesn't match up what God said in his word, we have to get rid of that. And the things that he's spoken to us, the things that he said to us when nobody was around and he spoke to us, the rhema word of God, the living word of God, uh, anything that doesn't match up in our lives with what he said to us, we have to get rid of it. If we want the glory, if we want the manifestation of the glory of God in our lives, it takes strict obedience to what he said to us. The Lord said, that's what changed Moses. Every day he looked over my word, every day, and he made sure that my word is being fulfilled every day. Every day as they were building the temple. Listen, it says this in 1 Corinthians, don't you know, don't you know that your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? The Lord said to me, just as I was giving Moses directions for the temple, my word is directions for you, for your temple, to build my temple in your life. He says, but you look at it, and, and the things that you like, he says, you're okay with. But the things that are hard, the things that you don't want to do, you disregard those things. He said, but if you want to see my glory in your life, then you have to follow my word with strict obedience, exactly how I've told you, exactly how I've spoken to you. And the Lord's speaking this to you because he's speaking it to me. Because I, I, I like the easy way. I do. I just like it. <laughs> but I can't do it my way. I've got to do it his way. 
What changed Moses is the word of God in his life. And, and Moses daily uh, getting into the word of what God had said, how to build that. And Moses doing exactly what the Lord had told him. That's what it takes for us. That's what it takes for us. To have the Lord's glory manifested in us. We have to be in his word. We have to be looking at it. We have to make sure that everything in our lives lines up with what the God, word of God says to us. Listen, this isn't, this, isn't, uh, this is a simple word, but it's not an easy word. It's not complicated. It's very straightforward. If we want the glory of God manifest in our lives, we have to do things his way, not our way. The way he says to do them. Verse 34, it said, then the cloud covered, it says, so, so Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That's what we want in our lives. That's what changes us. It says this, throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they would not set out until that day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and the fire was in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And so Israel, they never did anything unless the presence of God filled the temple. And the Lord's saying, that's what I want for you. That unless I go, if I don't go, you don't go. If I stay, you stay. The Lord began to speak this to me. And it was a hard word. A couple of weeks ago at our church, uh, I was talking to our folks, and uh, uh, I asked this question, you know, because some people ask, well, what does God want from me? What does God want from me? And the answer to that question is that he wants everything from you. He wants everything. Everything. And that's hard for some of us. But here's what the Word says, that, that it's when we lose our lives that we find our lives. It's that when we lose our lives, we find our purpose. Uh, we find the calling that God's called us to. But we have to be willing to lose our lives. We have to be willing to give everything to him. And he's saying to us this morning, we have to, have, we have to follow his word with strict obedience. The Lord says, you can't continue to do things. And he was talking to me the way you've done them. He says, it doesn't work that way. And we have Christians that are frustrated because at times we, we sense the presence of God. We sense the glory of God, but other times we don't. And, 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 and the thing that changed Moses' life was his strict obedience to the Word of God. And the Lord said to me, that's what will change your life. And so this message, it's a hard message. I understand that. I do. But, but if we want to have a manifestation of God's glory in our lives. This is what it takes. This is what changed Moses' life. This is what took that man that would run from things and that couldn't hardly talk into that person that said, listen, God, if you don't go, I'm not going. It was Moses in God's word following exactly how God had said it to him, doing it exactly how God said it. And it says, when Moses finished, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Listen, the Lord wants to fill us with his glory. Yeah. 
But he can't do it when we do things our way. He can't do it. And so this morning, I want to encourage you. My, 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 uh, my goal isn't to uh, discourage you. I want to encourage you that we need to follow his word with strict obedience. The things that he says to our hearts, we need to follow that with strict obedience. And the things that don't line up with that, we need to get rid of those things. I need to get rid of those things. I have things in my life that they don't line up with the word of God. God's saying, get rid of those things. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Because I can't do in your life what I want to do if you keep messing around with those things. Because those things don't come from me. Those things, they just bring chaos. Uh, th- those things, uh, uh, they, they bring regret with them. But you want to you wanna hold on to them and you want to do them. He says, but I can't fill you with my glory when, when you won't do things my way. That's what God's saying to us this morning. That's what he's saying to his church. So listen, when Andrew and I, we come, the thing that we look forward to, we love the building and, and, and the chairs. We hadn't seen the chairs since we were here. Boy, they're beautiful. They're comfortable. I mean, I could sleep on those chairs. So if there's two of them missing, you'll know why. So, I, so we come and we, we look at the different things you've done. We're like, man, that looks great. And we're doing some renovating stuff. And so the building's awesome. But the thing that we look forward to is to seeing you. Because you're the church. That's what we look forward to. Coming and fellowshipping and spending time with you. That's what encourages us. Because you're the church. God wants to fill us with his glory. But it doesn't happen when we do things our way. It only happens when we do things his way. His way. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for each and every one of you. That God will put that, that, ignite that fire on the inside of you. To serve him like never before. To serve him the way that he wants us to serve him. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now because I want to pray for for Winner's Church. I want to pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's in this place, Lord. I thank you for your word, Lord, that instructs us, Lord. For your word, Heavenly Father, that helps us, that teaches us, Lord. And so in your word, we see, we see this man. Uh, it didn't look like much from the outside. People wouldn't look at him and say, here's a great leader. But you changed him, Heavenly Father. Your word changed him, Heavenly Father. As he, as he was dedicated to following every word that you'd given him, Lord, you began to change his heart, Lord. You began to take him to that place, Lord, uh, where his relationship with you, Lord, was strong. You began to get him to that place, Lord, where, where you needed him to be, Lord, so that, so that he could see your glory, Lord. And so as we read the Old Testament, that's a shadow and type of the New Testament. Here's what you're saying, that, 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 that if, we, if we follow your word with strict obedience, uh, that, that you'll fill our lives with your glory. And so I pray that for every person in this place, Lord, right now. For every person, Lord, right now, I pray that you would open up their ears, Lord. You would open up their hearts, Lord, to receive this word, Lord. That we can't do things our way. That it has to be your way. That we got to get rid of the things in our life, Lord, that don't match up with what your word says. That don't match up to the things that you've spoken to us, Heavenly Father. If we want to see your glory manifested, Lord, in our lives, Heavenly Father, we have to uh, uh, follow you, Lord, 
with strict obedience, Lord. And so I pray right now for every person, Lord, that you would ignite a fire on the inside of them, Lord. Uh, we know, uh, uh, Winner's Church family, uh, we know that you've separated them, Lord, uh, that, that you've called them to a great work, Heavenly Father. So, so, so I'm just speaking the word, Lord, uh, that I'm sure resonates with many of them. I pray that, that the struggle in our lives, Lord, to have control, the struggle in our lives, Lord, to do things our way, that you would take away that struggle, Heavenly Father, that you would bring us to a place where we understand there's only one way that we see your presence in our lives in a way, consistent way, and that's by following your word, Lord, the way you've laid it out for us. It's by following, Lord, the things that you've said to our hearts. And so I pray that, Lord, for every person in this place, Lord, that you would give us a revelation of your word, that we would see through the life of Moses, Lord, how you changed him, Lord, how you transformed him, Lord. And it would be our desire, Lord, to be transformed in that same way. So that we would say in our lives, listen, we're not going to make any move until you move. We're not going to, until till we would say, Heavenly Father, that if your presence doesn't go with us, then we won't go. And so I pray that this morning, Lord, for each and every one of us, Lord. And I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you how you instruct us, how you teach us, Heavenly Father. Uh, this is the place where you have us, Lord. Listen, you said this to me, Mike, the things you've done in the past, you can't do those anymore. You've got to set those things down. And you have to do things my way. So I pray that for every person in this place, Lord, that they would make a decision this morning that I'm going to follow your word, Lord. I'm going to do things your way because I want to see your presence, Lord, in my life, Lord. I want to see your glory, Lord, in my life. And so this morning, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to come and share this word with our Winners Church family, Lord. And as Andrew and I go from here, Lord, I pray that you would continue, Lord, uh, the work that you've started in them. I pray that you would continue, that, that, that every person here, Lord, uh, would get to the place where you want them, where you've called them to, Heavenly Father. Uh, when we're at home, Lord, we pray for our church family here, Lord. And it's our desire that every person, every person in this place would get to the place that you want them to be, Heavenly Father. Would fulfill the, uh, your calling in their life, Heavenly Father. And so I thank you, Lord. I give you honor and glory. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So listen, Andrew and I, uh, we appreciate you so much. We were at the hotel and we got a gift from Winner's Church, uh, a gift card uh, to go out to eat and to see a movie. And, and like Andrea said, uh, you're always so welcoming. We appreciate you so much. Uh, we love you. We pray for you. We're so thankful for the relationship we have with Pastor Ziggy. He has blessed us more than, oh, and, and, and Annie. Yeah, <laughs> look at Annie. <laughs> yeah. He's, Pastor Ziggy's blessed us okay, but Pastor Annie, she's really the one. We're, we're so thankful for their place in our lives. And so I just want to encourage you uh, to uh, let this word take root in your heart. God's wanted to do, to do something for us that he's, to take us to a place that we've never been with him. And so it's our desire that all of us get to that place. So we love you. God bless you. Thank you so much for having us here. Amen. Praise the Lord. That was awesome, Reuben.